Mike's Daily Podcast. FF episode 1992-1992. It's Mike Matthews. Oh my gosh, we've done five FF episodes. Mike's Daily Podcast. In a row. We're like an actual daily podcast. That's the name, I guess. After 1,992 F- episodes, you think we'd probably, you know do the thing where we say that the show is daily and we actually are daily and that's what we're trying to be and that's exciting did you go and vote today did you put in your thoughts about what you wanted mike's daily podcast your government to you know more adhere to that sort of thing Good. Mike's here in Podcaster Valley. Daily. We had a bunch of measures Podcast. that we were supposed to vote on. Yeah. And my lovely lady friend and I went and voted. And we ran into someone who possibly may or may not listen to this podcast from time to time. But she said to us, hey, uh, I, first off, we always run into her when we're voting. Second, it is interesting. We. I, I said to her, you know, the last time we ran into each other, we both told each other who we voted for, and both of the people we voted for lost. And she said, yeah, well, what about the measures? Did you vote on any of the measures? And I go, yeah, I did. She goes, I said no on all of them, because it all would mean higher property taxes, and we already have the craziest, highest property taxes, even in Podcaster Valley, which is not... Like, it is in the Bay Area, but it isn't, you know, the peninsula. But we still get taxed like crazy. And this was going to be more things to, to add to, to the tax. And I said, well, there was one, I think it's Measure D, about firefighters. I said, I'm going to vote on that because I don't want to jinx myself. I'm going to vote yes on that. Because it's always the guy who doesn't donate to the local fire department that, oops, their house burns to the ground. Just gotta be careful with that, so. Yes, fear. And here's today's podcast picture. Fear dictated my voting. What? It didn't dictate yours? Fear? Good old fear. That gets people to the polls. What? Trump can win? I better go vote for Hillary. That didn't exactly work. Is it going to work this time? Who knows? I predict Bernie wins California. And I'm sick. I'm calling it at 6.58. The polls are still open for another hour. But I'm going to guess. Just from the people I've talked to. All anecdotal. But I have a feeling. Just the, the way Basil. Basil says, no way. No socialists in the White House. Socialism isn't um, a capitalism. That's not what democracy is all about. Oh, wait, no, he's not saying that. He's saying, yeah, we need socialism. Sorry. I sometimes don't interpret you correctly, Basil. I apologize. My apologies to you. Yeah, so we're going to have possibly a socialistic president. Do you think that's going to be happening? My mom, of course, does not want to have a... Socialist in the White House She comes from a socialist country So so sort of socialist So a lot of Europe has socialized medicine And we tried to do that A couple years back with Obama And the you know Republicans fought it tooth and nail And that helped them get into the White House Kind of No, sort of Well, 
from what you heard about the last election cycle, which was for all the House seats and Senate seats, there were a lot of Republicans that were saying, okay, well, we won't repeal Obamacare like we wanted to do for the past 16 years or whatever. We want to just keep it. You can keep your plan, blah, blah, blah. Like they were going to keep parts of it. At any rate, it'll be interesting to see what happens this evening. I won't tell you who I voted for. Because I did vote a little bit. I complained a little bit about what uh, what is today. And I will say that I complained. I, I filed my complaint vote. Not only against Democrats, but... Or shall I flip that? Not only against Republicans, but Democrats. It's just... It's your right to vote. You should be able to say... You should vote... With your brain But also with your heart and, and your passion That's how I think about it But I'm one of many Americans That are in this cafe anyway That perhaps would disagree with me Or perhaps they would get a uh, What is this? Good eggs So Did I talk about this yet? Apparent. I don't quite understand This whole I am too busy to cook So I mean okay I understand the DoorDash thing The what other ones are there The, the Uber Eats The Dine and Dash There's a couple of them People just they're, they're busy They get home they're like oh I have to Get something out of the fridge and proceed to cook it I think of cooking as uh, You want to go to the gym And work out do it in the kitchen You can work out in the kitchen It's a lot of work Chopping stuff up Running around Looking at stuff. You know you're planning ahead If you can do that and I think you can also Put you know Make a healthier meal Than what you can get From a DoorDash Or eating out I'm just not that big of a fan Of eating out Although I do it And I've been doing it a lot more Than I should be doing it Lately and I need to get better with it I'm going to cook something after this, I think Something healthy At any rate Good Eggs Is trying to get people to eat Like, okay They want you to cook at home But they bring you the food So some of their talking points is Family dinner's back Our meals help you get dinner on the table So you can spend less time Planning and more time With the people you love Aw, isn't that nice? Absurdly fresh, it says. Cliff McFarlane is a fourth-generation farmer growing organic citrus less than 250 miles from our hub. So that's what they do. They got a hub. Slow down your mornings. We have lunch covered. Um... Ports Seafood. As we go outside a cafe anyway, we're bringing Mike's Daily Podcast somewhere in Podcaster Valley today. Ports Seafood, our neighbor in the Bayview, brings us fresh, sustainable caught fish straight from the source. We read the labels so you don't have to. That's interesting. That's interesting. That's the, that's what they have in this little brochure they mailed to my house. We read the labels so you don't have to. Um... What? I don't have eyes? Oh, wait. 
Are you blind? Sorry. Um, but yet still, okay, I can see that would help you if you were blind. But you should, as a normal human being, read the labels. When you go shopping and you buy a bunch of boxes and jars and bottles of things, those are processed bags as well. You, those are processed, most of them. You should read the label, see what's in there. I didn't for the longest time. I have probably so many poisons and toxins in my body for doing that. And the fat, the fat that I'm still trying to work off over all the years of eating fatty things, fatty, yummy things. So read the labels. That's all I'm saying. Read them. Because I think good, good eggs makes a good point by saying that in this little brochure. Transparency is our priority for everything we sell, so we built a relationship with a farmer-owned co-op to get fair trade bananas that you can feel good about. Nah, I don't care about that. I mean, okay, yeah, I do kind of care about that, but when I want bananas, I want bananas. I go to Costco for my bananas. I don't know how fair trade they are at Costco, but... But this is more of a thing in the future And the younger generations care a lot about this So, I mean, that's good uh, Lady Falcon Coffee Club Is a woman-owned roastery Based in San Francisco's Outer Sunset neighborhood Small local businesses Like these are the heart of our community I don't quite understand the appeal of that I mean Is it like a completely woman-owned company better at making better coffee or am I just making a statement about how much I hate men is that why you're pointing this out to me or am I supposed to get all wow about the fact that it's a local business which by the way that location they're talking about is nowhere near where I am I'm in Podcastro Valley if I want to get to this uh, what is it Outer Sunset neighborhood in San Francisco I gotta get on a BART Ride for 45 minutes That is if the BART Is working or I gotta drive And get stuck in traffic over the Bay Bridge That's not exactly That close to me In my opinion But what do I know Oh wait here's someone from Oakland who says I just wanna say my family Loves good eggs We've tried just about every meal and grocery delivery service And Good Eggs is the best by far Okay, here's another thing Grocery delivery services Are we that afraid of being out in public now? Are we that afraid of the coronavirus And what diseases our fellow friends You know more people have died This is a fact You cannot outrun this fact More people have died of the flu Than of coronavirus Just so you know Okay, just keep that in perspective With this whole thing You get all scared Everybody's getting scared about the coronavirus And it just Well, we've gone into that Ad litem Ad infinitum, I mean uh, The food is delicious, fresh, local, ethically sourced That is just such an ethically sourced I mean, yeah, but I mean Am I gonna pay how much more extra On this Company on this fad company to get my food because I want it to be ethically sourced and because they read the labels because I'm too stupid to read them. Um, 
Plus, getting groceries delivered and boxes picked up means we get more family time together. So thank you. You could maybe make family time out of going shopping. Have you thought about that? These are skills your kids are going to need when they grow up. That's it. That's pretty much it. I, I just wanted to point that out. And that if you don't have this company near you, you're going to have one near you. They're showing up. These type of people. They think it's cool. Okay, I had a roommate. This is what I think of this brochure. I had a roommate about five years ago. Young kid. Thought he was the healthiest, fittest, smartest kid. Little young punk. And he got one of the... He, he At his school... At the college he was going to, they had one of these grocery delivery. Actually, this was fresh food from the farm, supposedly. Fresh produce. What happened to this produce? Okay, it was delivered to the house. Then it sat in the kitchen on this one bit of counter space. And it sat in the kitchen and the bugs came and it was thrown out. None of it was used week after week after week until the point I started using it. I mean, not the stuff that was decaying, but like as soon as it came in, I would go, he ain't going to use these carrots. He ain't going to use this endi- these endives. I don't know how to do anything with endives. What am I saying? Uh, the, uh, the bok choy. Oh, God. And then he moved out after three months. Thank goodness. So there's this guy, he's 84 years old, he was out of shape. He became a weightlifter. Uh, he apparently was in such bad shape, he said uh, he was a former treasury agent, this guy. His name is Paul McCustian. He suffered a heart attack in 2013. Uh, by 2017 he was using a wheelchair He could barely take two or three steps I was in pretty rough shape It was kind of like either get up or die So I decided to get up He started going to a gym A local gym Started working out and getting fit The turnaround was rapid So much so That by 2018 Someone who, who was at the gym Who was involved in powerlifting Invited him to come to his gym And try out some heavier weights uh, with no special training or practice, this guy who's 83 years old, Paul McHouston, deadlifted 226 pounds, unofficially a world record for his age. A few months later, he was invited to his first lifting competition held in Napa by the World Association of Bench Pressers and Deadlifters. As a complete amateur, he set records for his age in the bench press, deadlift, and combined contest. Since then, he has competed in half a dozen events and setting even more age records. I've been doing some humbling experience. I've, I've had some humbling experiences doing this, he said. People come up to me and say, my God, how do you do this? My dad can't lift that and he's half your age. While his experience is extreme, it underscores the importance of exercise for the body of course, but for the mind. Reflecting on his lowest moments in the wake of his heart problems, when McHouston had lost more than 50 pounds off his muscular six foot, uh, 220 pound frame, he describes his diminished physicality as a spiritual burden. 
people asked if I was depressed and I was, and I was. You're looking in the mirror and you're just skin and bones. But I was able to get back up and get myself in shape. That's just inspiring, isn't it? I mean, at 84, I mean, at some point you have to ask yourself, am I going to get up or am I going to die? And you got to give yourself a fighting chance. I think you, you should. Heart healthy exercise routines can be less intense. The National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute recommends forming a walking group with friends or enrolling in exercise class. Exercise classes with neighbors along with eating healthier and tracking your weight and blood pressure. Oh, and reading labels. I threw that in. For McHouston, the next step is to make history with his 85th birthday coming up. He says he'll be able to compete in a new age category this year, meaning a whole new set of records to break. And I pulled that story from the What's Happening Tri-City Voice newspaper, which I am crumpling up now. Sad to hear James Lipton died. I watched that guy quite a bit. Did I ever drink it, have his soup? No. I did not. But no, that's not the guy. They didn't name the soup after him. The podcast picture, by the way, is of Point Isabel next to Richmond, Berkeley, that area. And this picture was taken actually on Sunday by my lovely lady friend. You can see way off in the distance the Golden Gate Bridge. A little bit of Sutro Tower, a little bit of San Francisco, a little bit of Angel Island. It was a beautiful day. I wish I could have been there. I had other things going on, though. Dang it. But I love Point Isabel, although it is a little hard for me to go there now because my dog can't walk and enjoy it like he used to. And we had such great times together there. But he is sleeping as we speak outside a cafe anyway, located somewhere in Podcastro Valley. The last place on earth. And uh, let me just say James Lipton, though, was fascinating. And he asked some great questions. The one thing that got annoying at the end was that he would have like a series of questions that he would ask every single show at the end of the actor studio, you know, talking to big actors like, was it uh, Robert De Niro and Lawrence Fishburne? He once had the entire cast of The Simpsons on. So he asked the question... You know what if if heaven exists, what are you going to say to St. Peter? What's the first thing you're gonna say? And people would always have something like, Oh, it's what am I doing here? Or, you know, they always have some funny quip. So we can only think what is James Lipton asking St. Peter or what's he saying today? He's probably like, You're you're sick of me at this point, aren't you, St. Peter? Who knows? I'm not even going to try and answer that question. All right, I'll try and answer that question. If I, When I see St. Peter, hopefully years and years and years from now, I will say to him, thanks. Uh, I love balloons. I don't know. St. Peter's going to have some cool-looking balloons. Oh, is that it? Okay, that's all. That's the first thing that came to my brain. Dang it. Maybe I should have said something like, uh, that was a fun life. Thank you. There you go. That's exciting. Look who's out here. Hello, Michael Message, Matter, and I loved the James Lipton. Ooh. You did? Did you date him? Yes. Well, uh, wait, I th- thought he was married. Okay, um, and did you uh, ever answer all those stupid French questions at the end of his show? Yes. Did you ever watch his show? No. Okay, then I'm very confused. Look who else is here. Hello, dear Mike. This is Valentino, the parking attendant. 
And it's a bison Bentley. Do you know that? Mike, we hope that Chris Christie wins the election this year. Yeah, Chris Christie. Do you know that? Guys, that was about four years ago when that was happening. I d you got no Chris Christie this time. Sorry. Oh, my friends here at Cafe Anyway can be so confusing and confused. Next show, it's going to be the wonderful Shelly Shuhart, Floyd the Floorman, John Deere the Engineer. Let me know what you think about any of the topics we covered today. You can call me at 336-MM-DAILY. 3 plus 3 equals 6MM as in Mike Matthews Daily as in what this podcast has been for freaking five days. That's fabulous. Hey, I'm going to be at an interesting place on... Well, by the way, I dropped off my ballot for the election today, for Super Tuesday today, at a new location. This is fascinating. So I had never, ever, ever voted at a church before when I lived in California. I lived in Southern California, in Ventura, for quite a while, and never voted at a church. Then I moved to Huntsville, Alabama for two years. I voted for the first Obama election in 2008, and I voted, I remember voting at a church, and I thought that was bizarre. I am voting at a church. How weird is that? I moved to the Bay Area. My place to vote was at a church. And actually, they just moved that from that church to another church, a Baptist church. Hey, look who's here, lovely lady friend. Just popped in. Hello. I was just talking about how we voted at a church today. Yes. That was fascinating. Welcome home. I mean, welcome outside to Cafe Anyway. Thank you. Thank you, love. <laughs> I'm Basil's sleeping and happy to see you. Oh. Oh, look, look. He even got up. He got... Oh, is he going to say something? Basil, you have a few words he, to say? No? Oh, he kicked. He kicked a little bit. It's like Morse code. One kick means yes. Two <laughs> kicks. Two kicks. Leave me alone. Or, or one kick is like A. Two kicks is... Oh, it's like a code. It's a code. Ah, it's like interesting. tapping it out with it. See, look, he did it again. Oh, wow. Yeah. We find that fascinating because, <laughs> as you know, if you've listened to this podcast, Basil, really, he can't stand on his legs. And we are a little, we don't know how much use he actually has of his legs. And then all of a sudden he can move them. So we're always amazed when that happens. It's like a Helen Keller moment. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> You're saying water? You understand the word water? Well, isn't it fascinating that her first word was water? I mean, we really, you know, I, I, it's, it's the life essence. We need water in our bodies. This is true. Uh, real quick, though, about the voting at a church. That is a little bit church and state-y, weirdy, isn't it, to you? Oh, yeah. I, don't I, I, I didn't think about it because I was, like, getting ready to, to go to the office, but you're right. Yeah. And yeah. And then also I'm going to be at a church uh Thursday and Friday. There's a convention in Castro Valley at Redwood Chapel. I'm going to be at that cuz Castro Valley has interesting events like that. We have a lot of churches in Castro Valley. Pod Castro Valley, I mean. So, okay. That's pretty much it. That and I watched the Doctor Who online. The, the YouTube had a couple of the big really the the that blockbuster bombshell uh, thing The story The The pivot That they've done With the doctor now Oh 
that apparently she has had many, many, many regenerations, not just the ones we've seen on TV. She's like a, she's not even a Time Lord. She's some other. Yeah, she's, uh, she predates the Time Lords. Yes. And they explained it. I watched the clip. It's on YouTube now. And the master is talking to her and, and filling her in on everything. At first, she doesn't know that, that, that what the timeless child is that always is regenerating is actually her. And it turns out she, she is the timeless child. But it's interesting how they did it because as a child, there was some mad scientist woman that, was, that saw that when, when she died, she regenerated into a, another child. Mm-hmm. And, which is weird because if, a ch- if, a, if the human body can regenerate into anything, or wait, if the... If her body, if we're thinking in sci-fi, couldn't she regenerate into anything like a blob, you know, or into a fly or I don't know why it had to be a humanoid form. But they don't explain that on Doctor Who and I want them to. And anyway, the mad scientist woman is like extracting all this DNA and and finally she is able to get enough and then now she can regenerate and explain all of it. It was this Doctor Who thing. Yeah. What's it like when you talk to a nerd person like me? What's that like? <laughs> I'm fascinated, love. It's like you're speaking in another language. So I saw that. Maybe I'll have to actually watch the whole episode. We'll see. Y- you speak who? Who? Doctor Who. That's you right. speak who? I do. I speak who. Well, a little bit anyway. So yes, and they they spoke to a producer from one of the early shows from the seventies, and in this seventies show with Tom Baker playing the Doctor, uh, they did this thing where some mad scientist—I forget all the details—but he wired up the Doctor, and he was looking at the Doctor's past lives, and you saw the ones that were on TV, and then there were all these other ones that that weren't on TV, and back then. Everybody was, oh, they were, that was, but, but the producer said, no, no, we were really saying that the doctors had all these past lives. So it's not just the ones that we know of. Ah, but. so it goes back to the seventies when the first, yeah. when, the, when the show first started. Yes. Aha. It goes even further back than that. Oh, so it's not just, uh, the show, the current showrunner, what's his name? Chibnall? Yes. Chris Chibnall. So it's not just his, uh, kind of creative license. He... Mm. Exactly. Picking up a thread that started back in the 70s. And interestingly enough, he, there's video of him in the 80s. They, uh, the BBC had just aired a new Doctor Who episode and he, they went, we have now some children who have just watched the new Doctor Who. We're going to ask them what they think of the new episode. And there in the group, the panel is a really young Chris Chibnall. And he's like, I didn't really like it. I think <laughs> the doctor was really lame and stupid. Okay. This is my Bill Nye impression. The guy from, uh, what was that movie he did? Yeah. The guy from Love Actually. Yes. And he's like, actually, he's in a Doctor Who episode. He's the museum curator. And he talks about Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Van Gogh. That's a touching. Oh. That was beautiful. Richard Curtis, who uh, wrote Love Actually, actually wrote that episode of Doctor Who. Huh. But that was a good one. Watch that. That's on YouTube, too. You can look it up. Oh, no. We got to get out of here. 
hopefully a wind blows and blows it away. But that's the end of the show. Next show, it'll be the wonderful Shelly Shuhart, Floyd the Floor Man, John Deere the Engineer, those people. And that'll be fun. Okay, thanks for stopping by, lovely lady friend. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And you can see the picture that lovely lady friend took at mikesdailypodcast.com. Mike's Daily Podcast is written and produced and performed by Mike Matthews. His podcast is super easy to find. Download or listen to his show and read his blog at mikesdailypodcast.com. Email Mike now at mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow. Bye.